What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackov, and it is Tuesday, September 22nd, Waiver Wire Day on the podcast here. Yep. Another run. This one's going to be wild, man. This one's going to be wild, especially if you have Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey or, well, a few other situations, too. So this will be wild. So I got you covered. Don't worry. And I'm also going to do something new. We'll do this going forward every Tuesday. The hold list and the cut list. Guys, you should hold on to. Guys, you you should probably cut. All right? So we'll actually do that first. Before we get into that, though, I got to tell you about our sponsor. You know who it is. Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and even, believe it or not, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. That's the way to help the pod out. Monkeyknifefight.com. Promo code RANT. All right? There it is. All right, so the hold list, the cut list. So on my Sirius XM radio show, which airs Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern, what station's giving it to you? Uh, on my radio show, uh, I had a bunch of people calling in with some kind of outlandish drops. So I wanted to put together a hold list and then also a list like of players who legit you could drop each week, just so we're on the same page. So let me run through them quickly here. At quarterback, you know, players I'm holding. Players I'm holding. Quarterback, I have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Daniel Jones. I don't think we have seen enough out of Brady yet because we haven't seen him with Evans and Godwin. Healthy, just give it a little bit. Same thing with Brees. A little bit of a slow start. This is like the MO of the Saints, though. They get off to a slow start. You're not dropping Breeze. And Daniel Jones hasn't had a good matchup yet, so I think we need to give him a longer leash. Someone legit asked me if they should drop Will Fuller. I get it. A fantasy goose egg isn't fun, but come on. Don't do that. He's a hold. I'm holding both Rams running backs who are already on rosters. Now I'll talk about Daryl Henderson in a minute, but I'm holding Malcolm Brown. I'm holding Cam Akers. I'll talk more about the Rams' backfield. Benny Snell is a hold because he's one James Conner injury away from being basically an RB2. Naeem Hines is a hold. Yes, he didn't get used this past week, but they were blowing. It was a blowout win. You know, they're they're going to use Jonathan Taylor in those games. Games that are closer, they're going to use Hines. You're holding Singletary and Moss. I don't love it, but you're holding them. And you're holding Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is off to a pretty good start to the season. I think he's a nice upside tight end, and an offense is going to throw the ball a lot. All right, so here's the cuts. And speaking of that offense, Peyton Barber is a cut. If you happen to pick him up, there's no value there. Tevin Coleman is a cut because he's going to miss some time with that knee injury, so eh, I don't want to waste a bench spot on him. Daryl Williams, same thing. He's banged up, don't want to waste a bench spot. 
at wide out. Paris Campbell was in the midst of a breakout, but who knows when he's going to be back, so he's droppable. Anthony Miller's just not enough there, so he's droppable. Scotty Miller, who I probably wouldn't have picked up in the first place, but you know, a lot of people did. I get it. Uh, he's droppable, especially with Godwin coming back. I think Brian Edwards is droppable, unfortunately, because I really like Brian Edwards, and he's playing a lot. He's just not very heavily involved because that offense really seems to want to do two things. It wants to feed Josh Jacobs and feed Darren Waller, and those are pretty good things, by the way, given what we saw last night. Also, what we saw last night is Emmanuel Sanders was non-existent, so he's droppable. And then uh, some tight ends, Austin Hooper. I just don't think the Browns are really going to prioritize tight end this year. That's not how they want to win football games. Same thing with Gronk and O.J. Howard. I think they could both go, honestly. there's you, Tight ends all over the place, but I think you can do better elsewhere. And Chris Herndon as well is on the outs for me. All right, so let's get into the waiver wire recommendations. And at quarterback this week, I think you you know really have to start things with Joe Burrow. I don't expect him to have 61 passing attempts every week, obviously, because that would be a record. But I do expect him to put up some decent numbers in in most of his matchups this season and with the occasional you know high upside game. So I think he's the top guy. Now, I will say this. Know your league tendencies with Fab. Know if they spend a lot. Know if they don't spend a lot. I give general recommendations here, but I'm going to say 10% probably more like 8 to 10% because I don't ever like to really spend too much on a quarterback. Uh, after Burrow, it's it's sort of like you're almost already into streaming territory because you have guys like Ryan Tannehill at 5%, who's coming off a solid game but just doesn't offer a lot of upside. Gardner Minshew, who does offer upside but a lot of volatility at 5%. Uh, and then Justin Herbert at 4%. I want to believe that Justin Herbert is going to be the starter. If I was running that team, which I obviously am not, but if I was running that team, I like what I saw. The dude is the starter. But Anthony Lynn said after the game that uh, Terod Taylor will be the starter when he returns. If he's 100%, that, that I think was the direct quote. He also said went on to say this week that Terod Taylor gives him the best chance of winning, which I highly disagree. They may have won the first game, but it was against the Bengals who pushed them, and in the second game, they pushed the Chiefs. Come on. So I'm picking them up anyway, though. And obviously priority in a two-quarterback league. Outside of those guys, I think there are three two quarterback league quarterbacks who you can put, pick up this week. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa is the priority. Tua time's coming soon. I already I'm one one out of uh, two so far, and I I think I'm going to go two for two here because I said both these guys would start in September. Now I I realize maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a backdoor win for me there with Herbert, but I'll take it. It's a, it's a win. A win's a win, baby. Uh, after that, Jeff Driscoll and Nick Mullins, they're like one percenters. But, you know, basically, if you're in a, especially if you're in a 12 team, two quarterback league, every starter is going to be owned. So Driscoll is going to start for at least the next two weeks. And I really think it's going to be a month because it looks like Drew Locke, you know, he's not even going to be evaluated for two weeks. And then Mullins could start for upwards of a month as well. If Jimmy G, you know, if, if this is in fact the high ankle, which it sounds like it is, Jimmy G is going to be sidelined for a while. So there you go. Quarterbacks to add this week. Let's move on to running back. And as we do, I got to tell you, so over at FTNFantasy.com, every week you can get my waiver wire recommendations in an article form. So as you're going, you know, on a Tuesday night, sitting down to do your waivers, you can have that article right there. But I did something new and improved. So not only do we have the, the, the cut list and the hold list, 
but I also have my waivers in ranking form at ftnfantasy.com. If you want the rankings, you got to go there, all right? You, you, and, and so this answers that great question. Would you rather pick this wide receiver up or this running back up? Well, I have that covered. ftnfantasy.com. You got to be a subscriber, but man, oh man, you get more than your money's worth in terms of the price of admission. So it's well worth it right there. So that's new and approved for this week and going forward. I rank these guys. Now, I will say that there are certain players who aren't on the list because I try and cast a wide net, but they're, they're, there's a point where you kind of have to assume that certain guys are owned. James Robinson, for example, he's not on this list, but he's above this list. Yes, he has proven that already. Leonard Fournette, if somehow he was dropped, he's above this list. I had a caller on my XM show that Mark said that Mark Ingram was dropped. Okay, Mark Ingram is above this list, yes. If those guys are there, you, you would go more. But I'm trying to cast a wide enough net here for most leagues. And this is a fascinating week at the top because of the running back situations. You know, you have Christian McCaffrey missing four to six weeks potentially here. You have Saquon Barkley out. You have Raheem Mostert very likely missing at least this week and more. So a lot of moving parts. But I tell you, my top ad of the week is Jarek McKinnon. Spoiler alert, he's ranked number one on my <laughs> waiver wire rankings. Uh, the reason is pretty simple. Not only is it the injuries to Mostert and Tevin Coleman, not only is it the explosive, I only need three carries and I'll give you an entire week worth of fantasy production, three for 77, uh, but it's the fact that I think he's going to have a role going forward, regardless of Coleman's status, regardless of Mostert's status. He, he gets the Giants this week too, but he's going to have a role going forward. So I have to look at it that way, because I'm going to talk about Mike Davis in a minute, but think about it like this. Right now, you're paying your fab money for what? You're paying for a player. How long are you going to get that player for? If it's a player like Mike Davis, you're going to get him for four to six weeks. So, I don't know. Let's say you're paying, uh, whatever, 20 bucks for 20% for that player. So, you're paying 5% of your fab budget per week. If you're paying 20% for Jarek McKinnon, which is what I'm recommending, you could go a little bit higher than that, but I don't want to go too much higher. If you're paying 20% for Jarek McKinnon, you're paying what? You know, just over 1%, you know, a little over 1% per week. It's, it's a glaring difference, right? You're getting more bang for your buck. And the same thing with my number two player, Joshua Kelly. Uh, not the most efficient week, but I mean, they're going to use him. 23 carries in week two. Set up for a nice roll going forward. And his has nothing to do with injuries whatsoever. I, I, I mean, yes, Justin Jackson's banged up, but it has nothing to do with injuries. He's going to have that role regardless. So, yeah, you're paying, you're getting more bang for your buck with McKinnon or Joshua Kelly. Now, I do have Mike Davis up after that at 18%. He's going to be the lead back. I don't know how much they're going to use Reggie Bonifant because the expectation is that they will use him here, and I'll talk about him in a bit. But, um, you know, using a passing game, a veteran, so he's been around the block here. I'm going 18% with him. And if you're the McCaffrey owner, I actually think it makes more sense to go with Jarek McKinnon or Joshua Kelly than it does to go with Mike Davis. I know that that line of thinking runs contrary to what every fantasy pundit has said for the last 25 years, but there is merit to it. If you have McCaffrey and you get Davis, well, you're locked into that backfield. And what if Davis isn't really that great? I mean, we don't know. We know he caught a bunch of balls. He didn't have one carry for one yard last week. We don't know. We do know McKinnon can be very explosive in that San Francisco offense, and he can hold value well beyond. His value is not tied to Christian McCaffrey. So as a McCaffrey owner, I think that's much more appealing. 
the fact that I can use a guy beyond. And by the way, you can't have enough running back depth this season if it's told us anything so far. So I'm going 18% on him. Uh, Daryl Henderson, I'm going 12% on. And the reason for it is, yes, the box score looks good this week. How did it look last week? (laughs) Malcolm Browns looked good last week. You know, the backfield is a conundrum. I do think all three backs should be owned. I have, I'm have. i going to be pulling my hair out with projections, which I'm starting right after this podcast here to get them up on the site for this evening. So, yeah, he should be owned, but I don't think I'm going overboard here. So we're going 12%. I should also talk about, last week I talked about these price-enforcing, what I was calling sort of blocker uh, uh, bids. And, and what I mean by that, I had some confusion from listeners who are new to FAB. Like, so if you're relatively new to FAB, the way it works, it is blind bidding. So it doesn't matter what anybody else bids. If you're the highest bidder, that player goes for the price you bid at. It doesn't go for like a dollar over. It doesn't work that way. A dollar over the lowest bid, or the next highest bid that is, doesn't work that way. So what I meant by a blocker or you know a price enforcing bid is, so say you know, you're not in the market for these guys. You're not necessarily in the market for Joshua Kelly, but you don't want somebody to get them for free. So instead of 20%, you just put it in a 10% bid. So if you have a $100 uh, fab budget, you put in $10. That way, if everybody falls asleep at the wheel and they think, oh, this, everybody's going to bid 40%, 50% on him, I'm just not going to bid. Or if you get the occasional, oh, shoot, I forgot to put in my <laughs> my waiver wire picks this week then you could get them on the cheap. That's what I mean by a blocker or a price enforcer. And I do think you should do that. But I also think that this week is really unique for anybody who doesn't have Saquon, anybody who doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. You don't have a glaring need at running back. There is going to be an all-out battle for these guys, the top running backs this week, among anybody who lost running backs You know who are, who are banged up by injuries. So you can swoop in on on the cheap, and I would highly recommend churning the bottom of your your roster, you know your bench. Churn that that bench. That means replace the guys who maybe have some of those guys who I said you can cut. Replace those guys with some of the deeper names on this list. I, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face, man. I picked up Jarek McKinnon at one percent right before week one. He is now 20% on my list, and I think he may go even higher than that. He might go for 25. He might go for 30% this week. You might be in a league where he goes for 50%. So I turned 1% into 50% in that league. And and in my the league where I picked him up, I think he legit probably would go about 30%, 25 to 30%. So I just made a hefty return on investment with Eric McKinnon just by being proactive by trimming the fat on my bench. I, I'll tell you, flat out, I cut Curtis Samuel for him. That's what I did. I felt a little thin at running back out of the draft, and I went with McKinnon, and I'm very happy with that move. You know, I didn't. I, I wish I could say I, I saw this coming. I didn't see it coming, but I took a shot on a guy with some upside, and I was churning my bench in the process. So, you know, for every McKinnon, you're going to have a couple guys where, yeah, in a couple weeks, you're going to churn those guys right off your bench again, but... The idea is you can't catch lightning in a bottle if you don't have a bottle, right? And and churning your bench gives you that bottle, all right? All right, so let's move on. Um, the other news today, Devonta Freeman did agree to terms with the Giants. He's not officially signed yet, but it looks like it's trending that way. He's got to pass COVID and all, all that fun stuff. Uh, I'm not going to go overboard here. I think you could go 12%, 10%, 12% on him. 
I would actually still prefer him after those guys. I know everybody's going to see the name and get excited, but you know he's an older guy at the position now, and it's a position or it's a team that's not going to really set him up for a lot of success. It's a very different situation than he was in in Atlanta, but he will touch the ball, so probably at least a flex. Miles Gaskin at 10% does deserve to be owned now. He's been the best Dolphins running back. This is a prime example of a bench churn guy, not startable, but I'm I'm going to pay for him because I do think there's a point this season where we see a lot of Miles Gaskin. Uh, so we're we're tucking him away on the bench. I'm going to go six percent on Deion Lewis. He could he'll still be involved even with Devonta Freeman there. Uh, I will go five percent on Frank Gore. <sighs> you know it's no upside, but beggars can't be choosers sometimes at running back. And hey, if you honestly if you put in regular bids and you're like a Saquon or a McCaffrey owner, and you put regular bids in for those guys, and you think you're going to get out spent, spent, it doesn't, it's not a bad idea to just put in like, you know, some of these lower end guys, put in something for Frank Gore. You know, it's just a fallback, but it's a, you know, it's a safe way to approach waivers by putting in a whole bunch of different players. You know, some people will say, well, who should I pick up, this guy or this guy? Well, maybe we should be putting in for both of them. Maybe we should be putting in for six different guys instead of just one. And then that way, if you don't get the top guy, you might get the second guy. If you don't get the second guy, you might get the third guy. And if you really don't get them, you get Frank Gore. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Deeper leagues, I I think we could be looking at Gus Edwards at 3%. The Ravens are going to use all three of their running backs. We go 3% on Wayne Gallman. He won't be used that much with uh, Freeman there, but he'll be used. Rex Burkhead, I mean, oh, just devastating news for, for James White. You know, horrific. And it like makes me just sick to my stomach to think of what he must be going through right now. And understandably, we don't know when he's going to be back. So hate to, you know, hate to turn it to fantasy, but it is my job. So I, I would go 2% on Rex Burkhead. Uh, 2% on Chase Edmonds. He's one Kenyon Drake entry away from top 20 fantasy value. Darwin Thompson, 1%. Talk him in there on, on deep benches with Daryl Williams banged up. Uh, Bryce Love, 1%, 1% on Jeff Wilson, 1% on Reggie Bonifon as well. Moving over to the uh, wide receiver position, I think the big name here, it's not as big at wide receiver, but the biggest name is Robbie Anderson. He has shown that he is clearly the number two option there. He's been really good the first two weeks, and they're really prioritizing using him. So wide receiver three plus going forward for him. Uh, next guy on my list, the Godfather Part Three. Just when we thought we were out, he's pulling us back in, baby. Corey Davis, the Godfather Part Three. He's twentieth among wide receivers in PPR scrads. Two games, but he got in the end zone last week. Go ten percent on him, fifteen percent on Robbie Anderson. By the way, uh, then it it starts to thin out. I think you go ten percent on D. Jacks. Jackson has been used. Uh, a li- you know, he's used a little bit more this past week, and he's going to keep being the number one there for the time being. So, you know, as long as he's healthy, he'll have some value. At uh, 8% for both Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez, Scantling with Devontae Adams banged up. We don't know the extent of the injury just yet, and we'll get that more for you tomorrow when we get practice reports in. But still going to pick those guys up. Russell Gage at 5%. I mean, hey, all right, he's producing, so he he should be tucked away on benches. Nikhil Harry really liked how he was used down the stretch in that uh, loss that New England had on Sunday night, but really like how he was used. 5% on him. 5% on... Traquan Smith, he's going to be the guy here apparently with Michael Thomas out. So, and Michael Thomas is going to be—he's going to be out for a little bit here. 
So Traquan definitely deserves to be on rosters. 5% on Traquan. Golden Tate, 5%. Saquon and Sterling Shepard also banged up. So that's going to open up some things for Golden Tate. And he's a pretty good short and intermediate area receiver, even as a you know as an aging veteran. So there's some value to having him. Keelan Cole, 5%. I like what we've seen so far. It's still DJ Chark's show, but Keelan Cole... There's enough meat on the bone for him to to at least be on benches right now. Michael Pittman Jr. five percent with Paris Campbell sidelined. Pick him up, pick him up. Uh, Adam Humphreys will go four percent. A slot receiver doesn't offer a lot of upside, but as long as AJ Brown is banged up, then he's gonna you know see some decent volume. Lavisca Chanel, I'll go three percent on him. Not a high ceiling with him, but I do like that they're they're finding unique ways to use him. KJ Hamler at 3%, Cortland Sutton out for the season. Brutal, but that opens up some work there for KJ Hamler. Sammy Watkins is in the concussion protocol. Uh so McCole Hardman is um is trending up a little bit. We'll see if if uh Sammy Watkins can get back on the field, but if not I mean, Hardman could be viable this week. We'll see. Going 3% on him. I know I said to drop him last week, but things change very quickly in the NFL in 2020. T. Higgins, 2%. He is now the number three. Uh, There's not a ton of meat on the bone there, but kid's got some upside. So deeper league's going to stash him. Speaking of upside, young kid, Chase Claypool. He's technically still the number four, but he scored on 80-plus yarder. Uh, Not bad. Braxton Berrios. Somebody has to catch the freaking football. <laughs> Somebody has to catch it for the Jets. Prashad Perryman's going to miss time. We might have Jamison Crowder still sidelined. Somebody's got to catch the freaking football. So there you go. Maybe that somebody is Braxton Berrios. All right, let's move over to tight end. Not a hefty week at tight end this week. So Dalton Schultz tops the list for me. I'd go 8 to 10%. I'm not going to go much more than that. Doesn't have a high ceiling, but man, that volume was pretty. 10 targets in week two. He's a tight end two going forward. You know, high floor tight end too. Uh, I mentioned Logan Thomas. I'm not dropping him. I'm picking that dude up. 7%. I like what we've seen out of him. Very athletic. Mo Alley Cox, 6%. And the only reason why I'm not higher, you know, if you said, all right, this guy's now going to be the guy. Well, yeah, I, I would very likely have him as the top guy, the top ad at tight end this week. But the problem is Jack Doyle, what happens when he comes back? So I'm not going to go overboard here with Mo Alley Cox. Although, you know, hey, big game. One game can be a little bit of a fluke there, though. So keep that one in mind with Mo Ali Cox. Uh, Jordan Aikens, 4%. They use a lot of 12 personnel. So Darren Fells is going to continue to be used in that tight end group as well. Drew Sample, 2%. CJ Uzama is out for the season. So that opens the door here for Sample, but not a lot of upside with Sample. And we'll go, speaking of not a lot of upside, Tyler Eifert at 1%. I said it on the Friday pod. I was like, yeah, it's a good matchup for Eifert, but whatever. And he showed, I mean, he was a three for 32 guy. It's technically three for 36 and a touchdown, but yeah, not a lot of upside there. Some people have asked me about Jonu Smith, by the way. Yeah, obviously, he's he's ahead of these guys. Now, if you're not talking about one of the tight ends I put on the drop list, though, or the cut list, then y- you know you may have to think twice about it. So, Jonu Smith dropping Austin Hooper, picking up Jonu Smith, yes. Jonu Smith picking up ro- or dropping Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, yes. Herndon, yes. Evan Ingram, no. Okay, so that's kind of where we are there with that one. All right, a couple streamers this week. Tampa Bay leads the the week for me. They're facing Jeff Driscoll, follow the quarterback, and identify the defense. The Tennessee Titans facing 
The Vikings have been very friendly so far to opposing defenses. The Cleveland Browns, I'm going to keep picking on Dwayne Haskins with my streamers. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some big games against uh, Haskins in that passing uh, attack there. The Eagles are in play against Burrow. I'm going to pick on Burrow, pick on the rookie quarterback. And then the Giants, who were a recommendation last week, a top 10 play last week. Oh, let's do it again. Nick Mullins? Yes, please. Yes, please. All right, we'll be back tomorrow for the rankings day. But in the meantime, you can head on over to FTNFantasy.com. You get the waiver wire rankings. Ooh, love these things, man. Love these things. It's going to make your life a whole lot easier. FTNFantasy.com. And please keep reviewing the show on iTunes. Everybody who has helped out so far, thank you. And if you haven't helped out, it's really easy to do so, especially if you have an iPhone. Open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, scroll down to the bottom and click the stars. That's it. You're done. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Hashtag Rat Pack, that way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for rankings day, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.